We're back once more with another edition of Female Footy Focus presented to you by Deakin University. This past weekend saw another round filled with plenty of intriguing results, including the Roos ending Knox's unbeaten round at East Ringwood Reserve. SBL Wolves nearly pulling off a shock victory over the Devils and Nutter Wadding pushing up into the top four of Division 3. We'll discuss those results, plus all the others in this edition of Female Footy Focus, as well as some news coming out of EFNL House this last week. Well, the past week, I should say. I'm Josh Ward, coming back into the hosting role uh, after a bit of a break, like all of us had, and but a bit of a longer break for me, alongside me. I've got Ryan Long, who took over the hosting role a couple of weeks ago. Ryan, great to see you again on the Zoom screen to talk all things EFNL with you. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Been another big week in um, the the female league here. So um, good to see you back in the hosting chair. We saw you there um, for the Monday recovery and did a fantastic job. It's um, what you've been good at all year. So happy to see you there and um, happy to be here to to chat about those games. Glad you, you mentioned a couple of those off the top. The East Ringwood one, especially um, a big one considering the the raps we've given Knox all season. So uh, keen to, to to break uh, break into these games and... Um, check out the results in uh we're getting really close to finals um, so it's, it's quite exciting it is quite exciting and making not just this show debut or female footy focus debut but it's even our media team debut uh he's a ground announcer at northport oval for the port melbourne vfl and vflw side he's also a part of the wharf radio crew for the vflw Part of the Eastern Devils organisation was their team manager last year. It's John Oven, aka JV. A pleasure to have you a part of the EFNL media team and the female footy focus family, Jono. Forty Ryan, fantastic to be here, and hello to everybody listening uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's fantastic to be here. What can I say? I'll say it twice. It's uh, yeah. Um, looking forward to chatting about all things women's footy. As you said, been involved with the devs uh, for a few years. I've got to try and not say we as much, being a league podcast and not necessarily a uh, single club podcast, but nevertheless, very keen to talk about uh, what happened on the weekend at Mulgrave Reserve uh, as uh, the devs played the South Belgrave Listerfield Wolves and plenty more. Looking forward to it, boys. Let's do it. Yeah, let's jump right into it. Of course, as I mentioned before, there's some news coming out of AFNL House. Uh, the senior finals venues were announced for not just the senior women's, but of course the senior men's. Uh, we're going to focus on the senior men's, uh, well, senior women's competition. I beg your pardon. Uh, so there's three venues for each final. I'll talk about how the final systems work. Uh, so it's a three-week top four system. Whoever, so whoever's out of the top four in each division from Premier A down to Division 4, they'll be out of the season. will come to an end in the final round of the home and away season. There'll be two semifinals. First semifinal will essentially be a qualifying final. Whoever wins that will go into the grand final and have the week off. And whoever loses that will be the home side in the preliminary final and will host the winner of the second semifinal, the elimination final. And whoever loses that, they'll be they'll be packing their bags, unfortunately for them. And 
their season will come to an end. Three venues, as I mentioned, HE Parker Reserve at Heathmont, beautiful facilities out there. Quamby Reserve down at North Ringwood and a bit of a surprise out in out pretty much, I'd like to say, in the country, Sylvan Recreation Reserve. And it's a bit of a shock to me that, you know, Sylvan are hosting a, fi a final because they don't have a women's team. They're hosting four semifinals from Divisions 1 to 4. And the rest of the finals will be played at H.E. Parker and Quamby Reserve. All Divi Premier A finals at H.E. Parker. All Premier B finals at Quamby Reserve. H.E. Parker in Divisions 1 and 4 will host a semi, plus the prelim and grand final. Divisions 2 and 3, Quamby Reserve will host a semi, a prelim and a grand final. It'll all kick off on Saturday, August 13th, so just over a month's time. If you want more details on the senior finals venues, you can check it out on the EFNL website. But Ryan, I'm going to go to you here. AJ Parker Reserve and Quamby Reserve don't really come as surprises, but Sylvan, it is a bit of a surprise, to be honest, but a nice surprise, I have to say. What do you make of, you know, the EFNL announcing the Cattery of the East as, the, um, as one of three finals venues? Yeah, I think if you gave me a list of all the venues in the league um, and I had to guess which one the finals were going to be, Sylvan would definitely not be uh, anywhere near it. And that's nothing at Sylvan. I've never just been – I've never been out there and I don't think um, a lot of us have. It's been it, – it's in, it's in a bit of an odd place um, comparing it to all the other um, division grounds. It's a bit far – a bit further out. Um, uh, only the men's side – uh, competes there. They don't have a women's side at the moment. So it's been a bit of an issue for them in terms of recruiting. It's a bit harder to get people out there. So that's probably why the the senior men's side are, are doing so well that it's been really impressive to see them be able to get some um, some big names down there and compete really well in Division 4. So it's a big chance for the club um, to show off their facilities. I, like, as we said, I, and you haven't been there, Josh, it's, it, I honestly have no idea what the ground's like, um, what the facilities are all like there so it's a big opportunity for them um to get a bit of um recognition and hopefully a bit of um even recruiting there in terms of for the long term um when players are able to uh, people are able to go out there and see what they've got um and as you said the other two grounds are, are fantastic i've been lucky enough to to head down to he park reserve i think uh three or four times this season to call some games and just some just to watch some games for footy the facilities have been done up really well over the last couple of years. And obviously Quamby Reserve um, is another really good ground to go to, especially with all the food trucks there and um, a really good place to watch footy. So it's, it's, it's going to be a massive final series. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to see how um, the game goes down at Sylvan because that's a, um, a really interesting one, as you said. Yeah, and it, let's just put it this way, Sylvan, from what I've seen, they're, they're short, it's a short ground to say the least. They've got the, everyone knows about the red dust, even though we haven't been out there. I've heard plenty of tales about the red dust. So I'm sure each side who are, that plays out there will enjoy that. And they look like pretty decent facilities as well. But yeah, it's a great opportunity for the club to show off those facilities and, you know, potentially some, or potentially get some recruits to, you know, if they want to build a, a women's club out there. So yeah, good on the AFNL for, you know, making Sylvan Recreation Reserve one of three finals venues. Uh, let's dive into the results from the past weekend. Premier A, of course, we'll kick it off with. And the one, the first result I want to talk about, Jono, you were out at this game, Eastern Devils and SBL Wolves. 
the Devils. They got given a bit of a scare, as I said off the top, by by the Wolves, but they managed to pick up the the four points, their ninth victory of the season, seven five forty seven to five twelve forty two. Uh, yeah, John, are you like I said, I'll say it again, you are out there. What you make of the contest? It was a great day out at uh, Mulgrave Reserve. There was, well, I tell you what, the scoreboard sums it up really. The Devils. Devils under pressure, given that they had uh, a few players out due to injury or late withdrawals and such. There are a few double ups and such is the nature with um, teams that have um, two sides in, whether it's in Premier and Division 4 or um, two other divisions, who knows? And uh, so, yeah, the Devs had um, a couple uh, of double ups Um there was Emma Tuttleby who starred in the Division Four game. The Division Four game also had uh, a club legend in uh, Kath McBride. She was the premiership captain, uh, the first premiership captain that the Devils had when they played in the old VWFL. And uh, also Kelsey Reid, number 50. She had her senior debut. She's been kicking a lot of goals in the Division Four. She kicked 12 so far. And uh, she had a good day out. The usual suspects, though, for the devs, they stood up. And uh, one of them, of course, you guys, when you were calling it for the, for the match of the day out at uh, Norwood a couple of weeks ago, you kept using the phrase, guess who? Shelly Beggs. She kicked two goals. And in the frantic final minutes, she had uh, the match-saving mark. Other goal scorers, of course, uh, include Chloe Hunt, who has that trusty left boot, Kate Carew with two goals, and uh, the best players on the ground, Cox, Harrison, Hunt, Allsop, Tassari, and Carew. A fantastic day out for sure. But uh, looking at uh, the SBL Wolves just briefly, when I was um, looking at the team sheets, there were quite a few familiar names, uh, gents, including uh, Maddie Southam, who I believe played with uh, a handful of current Devils players when she was at Knox and uh, also uh, some VFLW talent in uh, Nikki Cormack and Olivia Flanagan. I think uh, Ebony Nixon was there as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, I'll tell you what, it was a, it was a great game and uh, under the circumstances, the SBL Wolves piled on the pressure, but the Devils just uh, managed to save the game in the dying minutes. It was a fantastic game, boys. Sounded like it. And, you know, just just touching on the inclusions of, of Olivia Flanagan, Ebony Nixon and Nikki Cormack, Ryan, I think a couple of weeks ago we, we talked about how those, well, Flanagan and Cormack could potentially improve the side. That was Ebony Nixon's first game in a Wolves shirt. Flanagan and, and Cormack pretty much played most of last season for the Wolves. Uh, it, it's pretty clear to me that, you know, they slightly lifted the spirits of... of of this Wolves side that has had their struggles this season. Yeah, definitely. And I think I spoke to the the Wolves coach last year and um, we did have a bit of a conversation about Flanagan and what she can do, not just on the field. I think obviously you know, we can play VFLW. There's no need to explain just how good of a footballer you are. Um, but just her talents with... Um, the way the younger girls around it, um, just being there to be able to teach them, help them improve their game. It can really lift um, 
some of those uh, lesser experienced players to to play uh, at a higher standard um, around us. So really does help um, in more term in, in more ways than one. And you can see with um, girls like Flanagan and Cormac to immediately the sort of response they can get. Obviously, the Eastern Devils had um, a, a much bigger win earlier in the year against them, um, and the Wolves have probably struggled against those top sides. But you can see what what they could be like if they had those girls um, in for a full season. And unfortunately, you know, they're probably just too far out from finals now with only a, a handful of games left to go. But that's a, um, a big positive for them that... Um, just to be able to have them on their list that they can run out um, and really improve the the side. Yeah. As you mentioned, Ryan, um, experience is key. Olivia Flanagan, a uh, 2018 premiership player with Hawthorne. And uh, also Tegan Beatty, she came from uh, Seaford when they had a, uh, a VFL license. And uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, experience is key. And though they might not play finals, it's all about building that morale and building up to the next season. Definitely. The next result, the, the final result in Premier A happened out at Cheong Park between South Croydon and Vermont. And while South Croydon got some form of revenge, you could argue, for their defeat earlier in the year to the Eagles of Vermont Recreation Reserve, a massive, I think it was 27 points in the end over Vermont, 7-4, 46 to 7-19. Uh, Ryan, Vermont are now Back in that pack, six and four, they they've been you know lost their la- three of their last five. Uh, they'd be a bit disappointed by this result going down to a South Korean side, which you know that they defeated earlier on in the year. Yeah, I think so, and I think uh, earlier in the year we probably thought Vermont were maybe the second seed. Um, that's probably shifted um, after the last you know four or five weeks. Uh, we watched that game earlier in the year. Um, I think Jared and Trent were out there calling it. And even even though South Korean did come back in the end, I, st- I still thought walking away from that, that the Ver- Vermont were a really good side. And um, looking at their best again uh, on the weekend, girls like Phillips, Shepard, Johns, you know, Reed, they, these are the ones that have probably been in their best every week. So maybe that's a bit of a concern that they all played well and um, they were still beaten quite handily by by 27 points, but I think that's probably maybe underselling South Croydon a bit because they've obviously improved as the season gone by. Um, a big factor is just being able to play at their home ground at Cheon Park, and we've seen that with the men's not being able to play there either, just because of um, uh, the construction on uh, their grandstand, I think, um, and their facilities. So not being able to play there has made a uh, – it can lead to a bit of a, a, a toll. So to, to be back on that ground um, for a couple of games, the, um, you know, like Taylor Black have been a standout all year. Um, they kicked another two goals. Shanahan kicked three. So they can, they can definitely hit the scoreboard and they will be a threat come finals time if they can take that form um, into the finals. Yeah, and they're definitely starting to hit some form at the right time. They've been, you know, up there the last couple of years since I think they joined uh, Premier Premier A, of course. They were the second best side behind the um, beaten Blackburn in 2021. And I think they're now sitting sec. They are sitting second behind... Of course, of course, JV's Eastern Devils. So they're taking it right up to them. They've, you know, they've they've won their last three of their last five. Two of those, their two losses as well, in 
those five matches have come against the Eastern Devils. So, yeah, they're they're definitely going to be a threat, and you know they'll be looking to build some momentum heading into finals. I have no doubt they'll definitely be playing on to Premier B. The crossover match happened out at Batherham Reserve, the Basin and Mount Evelyn. And, well, the Basin, it wasn't as big as other margins in crossover matches. It was still a, a rather re a large one. 41 points to Mount Evelyn, 6-7-43. The Basin just scoring the two behind. Uh, Jono, I, I'm assuming you would have seen Mount Evelyn, the only side to have defeated defeated I beg your pardon, the Eastern Devils this season. Do you reckon the Basin would be happy that, you know, it was just 41 points or would they, or yeah, would Mount Evelyn still be happy they picked up a comfortable victory like this? I think Mount Evelyn would be super, um, super happy to, to pick up that win. Uh, the Devs, they played the Basin and uh, yeah, it was a, um, a big win, a big win for them. So, yeah, I think um, I think I think Mount Evelyn um, with uh, with those yeah two wins they just carry on their um, yeah their, their merry way and look um, like look for ways to um, continue that uh, momentum I guess yeah definitely and I think it's still a win for the base and it, it's not like a, a thumping victory but they'd still be disappointed they only scored the the two behinds with. The firepower that they have in in Julia Baker, who of course such a star, and, and Haley Stokes as well, who's also a star for the base. And but yeah, Mount Evelyn just flexing their muscles. They're now sitting in third, only in third Fun duty fact. percentage. Yes, Fun fact about uh, Julia Baker, she's actually related to uh, Rachel Baker from the Eastern Devils. Uh, I had a feeling twenty one. So there you go. I had a feeling. Uh, that's where the talent's from. I had a feeling, and they do look. And she did when I did see Ra Rachel Baker. She did look like a big unit, much like Julia. So I had a small inkling that those two would be related. She's put together another remarkable season, but obviously kept goalless. Isabella Urquhart kicked two goals for Mount Evelyn, increases her tally to fifteen on the season. Georgia McPherson named the best for for them, and. For the base and Zoe Alston once more named in the best or named the best player for them. That's a, a third time this season she's been named best, and you know she's only missed out. She's been named ad ad out of ten times in the best. She's put together yep. such a great season. Onto a match which might cause Ryan a little bit of pain. Domval and Baronia, the Hawks, just outclassed by the side which is on top of the table in. In Premier B, Domval 11 to 68, 2 4 16. They're just such a classy outfit, Domval. And yeah, I think they flex their muscles here against your Hawks, Ryan. Yeah, I, th I think Domval, yeah, I think they're, I definitely had the Basin as probably the biggest threat in, um, or the number one contender in um, Premier, uh, Premier B, but they've played really well. Um, right from the go, Don Val, from the start of the season. And I think the difference um, in this game, you can look at like their forward line when you've got um, girls like Latino and, and Diamato, they they can kick three or four um, quite easily each week. And that's why they, they're right up there in the, the leading goal scorers in Premier B. And um, I guess probably the, the really interesting thing is that these two sides will be playing next week as we talked about um, off air, Josh, and... I believe that's the match of the round um, on Saturday. And I think it's the same with the Whitehorse Ferntree Gully game. I could be um, incorrect there, but 
it gives them a, you know an, another chance to meet up again. And and the good thing about this is that with Baronia um, defeating Ferntree Gully both times, they probably locked up that top four spot now. So I, I don't think they can really um, slip out unless something really went um, pear-shaped in last year week. So it gives them the perfect opportunity. They'll play Donvale, obviously, next week again. They'll play, I believe, um, both Whitehorse and the Basin again. I could be wrong, but I think they do play each of them again. So you're playing all the sides that are, are going to be in the top four, the sides that you're going to be playing um, come finals time. You get good experience. Um, they're testing themselves against um, some of the high-quality sides, and and maybe you learn a bit before coming into September because they they've gone close before. They they were only three points to Whitehorse, and um, despite the score being a bit um, lopsided this game, I think they would still um, give themselves a chance. They would, and yeah, their last four matches: Domval this week, which is the the match of the round. We'll of course touch on that later on. J- JV's Eastern Devils at Mulgrave Reserve the following week, and then they've got the Basin and Whitehorse Pioneers. So a good chance to, you know, uh, I'd like to say scout these sides ahead of, you know, potentially facing one of them come finals. So far at this rate, though, it's looking like they'll they'll face their old rivals, the ba- the Basin, in that first sem- in the semi final, the elimination final. Uh, and on to the final result in Premier B, Whitehorse Pioneers uh, defeating Ferntree Gully, 7-10-52 to 3-6-24. I think, JV, you might have seen the Eastern Devils. Uh, oh, not the Eastern Devils, I beg your pardon. Ferntree Gully earlier in the year. They're continuing to improve, but a girl not by the name of Isabella Geitzman just put on a show. Five goals this week, 17 goals in nine games. Whitehorse just a, a class above the Ferntree Gully, finishing strongly uh, 20, 30 points to just the nine in the second half. It was seven points at half time. Third quarter blew it wide open, three goals to just the one. As I said, Isabella Geitzman with five goals. Margaret Kershaw, who I think was on Sun Saints VFLW list, has had a great last couple of weeks. She was named best on once more for the second consecutive game. That's her third game named best on for this season. Kicks a goal as well. And Zoe Macris with the other goal scorer. The usual suspects for the Eagles, Abby, Abby Bruin and Amy McCormack kicking the goals for the Eagles. Bruin with two. And their best on was Rebecca Leah. So she, she's put together a pretty decent season. But yeah, Whitehorse just continuing on their merry way onto Division 1. And, well, a very interesting result between Beaconsfield and Roeville. Ryan, we saw that the senior men's match, uh, and again, we're, we're going to bring this up. It, it was a scrap. Let's just put it at that. This was, I'd say, a little bit more open, but Roeville... Only just winning by thirteen points. Uh, well, yeah, for 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 Roval, Ryan, do you reckon they'd be a bit disappointed? It wasn't as big as the last time these two met. Well, yeah, I mean, you talk about the last time they met. I think it was a ninety-three point win out at Seabeck. So that's a, a a quite a big difference from um, earlier in the year. But obviously, a lot a lot's changed um, in terms of Beaconsfield. They've improved. Um, you know, a, a great amount in the last, you know, especially in the last uh, three or four weeks. Um, it, it, it's still, I, I'm assuming something at, at home park was, I'm assuming the ground was in pretty poor condition <laughs> because we, we talked about it on the Monday recovery that, 
you know, the, the men's game, I think it was about eight goals um, all up and Beaconsfield only had the three scoring shots. So sort of a similar um, result for this one as well. But look, that's a, that's, it's quite big for Beaconsfield because that'll give him a lot of confidence. Um, that's the closest anyone has gotten to Roval all year and um, quite, quite easily as well. So it puts him in a good spot and, you know, they've got a challenge on the hand. They haven't locked up a, a top four spot just yet, especially with, um, Chernside Park getting a, a win over uh, Ringwood this week as well. So um, it, it'll give him a bit of confidence going into the rest of the season. And and who knows? I mean, obviously, we, we can't tell with the conditions, um, but it you know maybe they are have really closed the gap a bit because it looks from just from a, a, a scroll down the list, it looks like Roval have a um, had a pretty strong um, outfit out there. I mean, O'Connell Webb, um, Daniel Brodo up forward, Bukaroom. Um, yeah, these were girls that were performing really well when we watched them. So it doesn't seem like they were um, too plagued by injury. And um, yeah, it's probably a, a pretty positive result. Definitely would be. The next result will touch on Park Orchards and Blackburn. And well, Park Orchards gave Blackburn a bit of a lesson. Let's just put it at that. JV, they, they've had their struggles this year, the Burners, but going down by 99 points, yeah. Park Orchard just flexing their muscles. Indeed. Um, as my computer sort of uh, buggers up on me, that's unfortunate. That's okay. We will regroup. Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes you can just have one-sided, one-sided games and um, often it's it's really a process from there, isn't it? Sometimes you... Yeah, I guess sometimes you just have those days and, um, well... Who knows? I think, I think for Blackburn, you know, they've had they've had a lot of, um, I guess, personnel come, you know, come through their um, their system over the years, and uh, and perhaps, yeah, um, I guess it's just a building experience from here, isn't it? And all yeah. teams need to find um, find a way out of these sorts of things when they, um, yeah, um, as they progress, I guess, yeah, yeah, and I think. They lost quite a bit of personnel last off season. I think particularly to Ro- to Roval, who yeah. seen how how dominant their side have been. I think it's because of those Blackburn players. But yeah, they just need they to. Did, get, they did. They did have their club captain come back this week, Trisha Cowan from from VFLW commitments. So that was a that was a positive to get her back. And uh, I think they had um, Nisbet as well coming back from a fractured arm. So they do get uh, a couple of players back, but. As you said, Josh, Park Orchard's a, a, a really tough side to beat at the moment. Yeah, they're they're making their cases the yeah, well, the, the second best side in, in division in division one, maybe even the best side. And onto Ringwood Churnside Park, which was the match of the ra- match of the round out of Jubilee Park. And Churnside Park, they, they kept their finals hopes alive, a seventeen point victory over the Redbacks. It was that was the margin. At half at half time, and it was the margin at the final scoreline, three seven twenty five to six six forty two. I didn't really watch this match; couldn't get the opportunity to. But yeah, like I said, Ryan Chernside Park just—I feel like keeping that finals flame flickering. Yeah, you're right, and you, we can look at the ladder. They're they're pretty much tied on um, tied at fourth with Beaconsfield, three wins, the five losses, and the one draw. But their percentage is. Um, quite significantly worse than Beaconsfield, I think by, um, by four, by more than 40%. So they're going to have to, uh, they're going to have to 
knock off um, a few more sides and they've got to get a win over um, Beacon Seal to, to jump them into that top four. But it's a, it's a good start. Um, I'm assuming they're sisters. And I don't want to call this because oh, we've done it before and with another game and they weren't actually sisters. But to have three DRCs as, as your top three um, in the best is, is pretty impressive. I think they're... I think they think two of them are sisters, maybe. So I don't want to say, um, I'm sure they can correct us, but um, they've all been uh, played really well. Um, and then ring with some of the usual suspects, uh, Fairbarn with another three um, and, and Ward um, best on. So look, um, it's not too, not too bad for a Ringwood perspective. They're still a little bit of a step behind um, coming up a division, but um They've got a, a, a lot to build on going into next season as well and, and the rest of the season this year. Definitely do. And uh, I have no doubt they'll probably keep their spot in Division in Division 1 for next season. They've shown plenty of promise, but yeah, it's a bit of a step, I, a step up, I feel, moving into, well, from second division to first division to a different division. And yeah, it's been a bit of a struggle. And I think, unfortunately, their season is added in. Let's drop down to Division 2 and... Well, we're going to touch on the biggest result, uh, result of the round a little well later on, uh, but let's—I'm gonna—I'm gonna, of course, pump up my Panthers, Ryan. You know me; I love to pump up my pa- Panthers. They got up—they got up over Heathmont. The JV though, three eighteen thirty-six. Now uh, I'm no expert, but that's—that's that's not the greatest kicking there you'd feel. Well, I mean, as a supporter of Surrey, uh, I guess to to admit that perhaps, I mean, look, eighteen behinds is better than really nothing, as uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, as the Heathmont uh, score indicates. But I tell you what, that's what training's for. You've um, yeah, goal goal kicking is very important, really. I mean, yeah. what 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 more can you say? Um, it's and it's one of those things as well at training, like from experience, just looking at it. Sometimes you're in the mentality that, you know what, you're pretty good. So sometimes you'll have a few dribble kicks and that, you know what I mean? Just uh, try and try and land yourself in the dribble file on a weekend or something like that. I don't know. Um, hashtag save the dribble, of course. But um, yeah, look, definitely some goal kicking uh, practice is um, definitely uh, on the cards. And who knows? Perhaps for uh, a lot of people, well, perhaps even you know, Park Orchards with six with uh, sixteen uh, behinds. We uh, just touched on, even though it's a big margin, it's still sixteen behinds. That's uh, that's plenty. It's fair to say. Yeah, it, it, I think this season they've been usually pretty accurate. The Panthers, I think, you know, ground conditions. I went down there for well, mainly just one quarter, which was the second and the. Once, you know, when it gets a bit wet down at Surrey Park, it, it, it can be very hard to to play. And I know that. I've played plenty of junior games out there and it was always a, str- a struggle. Um, but yeah, it. I think they might have to, but I think ground conditions might have played a big role in, you know, the Panthers kicking 18 behind. So one positive, though, they at least they kept aside scorers. I believe that's the first time they've kept them scoreless this season. Um, and, you know, the last two weeks they've, and this was also the first time, or well, I think they've kept sides, you know, to single digits five times this season as well, which is a heck of a lot better than 
than last season, and it's the second week in a row they've kept sides to single digits. So, mind you, they're Montrose and Heathmont who have had their struggles this year, but promising signs for Surrey. It got a big clash this weekend though against the Red Hot East Ringwood, who we will touch on now, defeating the previously undefeated Knox. Ryan, is if you're Knox, would you be disappointed, or do do you reckon this is a necessary not loss heading into finals for them? Yeah, I'm, I don't know because it's 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 a really interesting thing. Is uh, do people buy into the you have to lose one before you um uh, rather than going undefeated to to go on to win the flag? I think there's always a positive when you lose. I think there's always when you're when, as in when you're a, a top side who's who's winning each game quite comfortably. I think there's always lessons to be learned, and you can hear it from from AFL coaches to AFLW coaches, every anyone. Um, that you you usually learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. So, look, that there, I'm sure there'll be plenty of um, things to take out from it. East Ringwood have improved as the season have gone by, and I think the big thing in um, for them is that um, Davidson didn't um, hit the scoreboard or didn't have a uh, massive game. Um, or she, I don't even know. No, she actually no, may she not did, have played. She didn't play in the end. She so. didn't play. So that's a even bigger statement that they can do it without her. Um, and without Thompson hitting the scoreboard, so it's a it's a massive win, and it, it really shakes up um, Division Two because before then, I think everyone was sort of almost locking in Knox to win because they were that far um, ahead of most sides. But it makes it interesting and um, a, a really big uh, final series coming up for for both sides. And yeah, we'll we'll be speaking with their coach Adrian Fitolani because it is a massive win for them. And yeah, it was a great chat with him as well. And yeah, this victory is even more impressive without without Nicola Davidson. Uh, and on to Kilsyth and Montrose. Well, Montrose there uh, have had their struggles these last couple of weeks too. A seven goal defeat this week this week against fourth place Kilsyth, 9-10-64 to 2-10-22. Ryan, I'm sure our man Blake won't be too happy about this, but, you know, JV there, Montrose are now sitting bottom, uh, still only got the one win from the season. I would have thought, we were thinking a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, that they continued to improve and pull off some surprises, but they're three games or three and a half games I beg your pardon, two and a half games out of the top four in a final spot. Is it just time to, you know, look ahead to next season for them or potentially somehow pull off a, a late run and, you know, try their best for finals? I mean, when you're playing footy, just generally, you can't really write yourself off. Like, it's it's sort of like a bit of a 60-40 situation. You sort of feel one way you look at you look at the situation you go yeah look we've had a few tough losses the conditions were really tough on the weekend i thought i thought that i just had as you guys have been talking would you guys say that perhaps the conditions across the board you know across the eastern suburbs were, were pretty tough i mean because like conditions were fairly you know miserable i guess it was very <laughs> you know ground grounds ground everywhere were just a little bit um I guess yeah. muggy and terrible. So you have those sorts of games and I sort of think, well, you look at what worked and what didn't and then go, right, this is what we can do next week and or 
even next year, as you say, and actually plan, yeah, what can you do next season to actually improve your situation? And I think, um, yeah, they're definitely in um, that sort of, um, yeah, they're probably definitely in that um, sort of frame of mind as I try and get my words out. Yeah, but with um, with 210 on the board, yeah, again, it's just focusing on what they do well and what they can do better. Moving on now to Division 3, and not a whole lot of surprises in this division. Uh, a spur with second-place Rams were, had the bye this week. The one match I want to talk about a little bit more, Nutter Wadding pushing themselves up into the top four and picking up a four-goal victory over Moore Bucket Heights Reserve, two straight 12 to 5 six, 36. Ryan, the Moorbark will, you know, take this. Bit of an improved, well, a, not an improvement on last time, but still a, a pretty solid performance against the side that, that's jumped into the top four. Yeah, uh, I think as you said, Josh, um, a few weeks ago, Moorbark have, have obviously improved, you know, a great deal since they first started. And, you know, we've talked about sides coming in for the first time. It is tough and it takes a bit of time to get going, especially to, to be able to get um, a, a full list and um, girls come into trainings and, and game day each week. And just looking at their players, they seem to be having a full side now and that's um, uh, a change from, you know, when they first started, they were probably still looking for more players to to, to come and join the club. And um, they're doing a lot better. And so are Nutter Wadding, who... Um, uh, probably needed this win after um, back-to-back losses and it, it pushes them back into a, a, a good chance to play finals and they've got a massive game against Mitchum next week. Um, and if you would imagine, I think they beat the Tigers earlier the year in the, the match of the round. And if they can do it again next week with the Tigers fifth, you'd, you'd just about say they'd be home for finals, Josh. Yeah. And I reckon it, Definitely would show up finals. It'd be a great achievement for the club. I wouldn't have thought, you know, they'd even get a win this year. I hate to say it, but yeah, they're they're very, it's great to see them doing well. I wouldn't have thought they'd get a win given, you know, the struggles that the men's side had had. And I thought that would translate into the women's, but no, they've done absolutely brilliantly. A game clear of Mitchum. They'll move two games clear of them if they win. And yeah, it would all but seal up the top four. Coldstream, well, they, I reckon, almost sealed up a, a top four spot. JV with a comfortable victory over Fair Park, 4-10-34 to th- just the four behind. Again, a bit of inaccurate kicking, but still, wins a win, JV. They'll, they'll take it and, yeah, like I said, pretty much uh, seals up a final spot for them. Does indeed, and uh, some handy, some handy uh, percentages, I suppose, given the... Uh... You know, even the small score line, you know, it's you know, it's thirty-four points four and four against it. It it all it all makes a difference. And then you look uh, just a little bit down the list, you've got Mitchum and uh Croydon South, uh Croydon North, sorry, who uh, had uh sixteen behinds as well. So again, seems to be the order of the weekend, to be honest. Um more conditions and uh plenty of behinds, I suppose. Yeah, I think They've sort of come to expect it in, in women's matches, but th- there were a particular amount of sides that had more behinds than goals. Let's touch on the Kanga Rams. Just, yeah, Ryan, again, flexing their muscles over Mitchum, 12-16, 88-1, 4-10. I think 
there was a much improved margin for the Tigers for the Tigers from the last time these two met. In fact, yeah, yeah Croy North they won eighty-seven to eight, so a slight improvement. But yeah, like I said, just flexing their muscles uh, are the Kangarams. Yeah, they are, and I think you'd almost probably put them as the Premiership favourite, which is. Um, a bit of a turnaround at the start. We looked at East Burwood as the, the standout side, but we were there, um, myself and Trent, watching that game um, the week before the bye, and um, they were fantastic, and they've got a lot of stars, um, and they've recruited as the season have gone by, so it's, it's really put them in a good spot. Um, Jeeves, again, who's, who can hit the scoreboard there, as you as you can tell, but she, she you could almost put her in any position on the ground. She, she was moving around from the forward to the midfield, um, could even float back. I, I think um, she's a, a really impressive player. Um, uh, oh, sorry, I, that was Gretch. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Uh, Gretch was um, the, the one I was talking about there. But Gs and Zapia um, are the same in the forward line where they can really um, um, put on uh, uh, big scores each week. So they're really important. And then um, I really like the looks of um, Laurie down back, uh, one of the best intercept marks in, in the division. Um, she's really impressive and um, it just puts them in a, a, a great spot and they I, I, I can't see anyone really challenging them besides East Burwood. I feel like that's probably the the grand final there and you, you never want to lock it in and um, all you need is one big upset to to change that around. But the way they, they play their football um, with the stars they've got, they're going to be extremely hard to beat um, when it comes finals time. And I guess from Mitchum's um, point of view, uh, they're still they've got a massive chance because of, because of the um, pretty good percentage. Um, I think it's double Nutter Waddings almost. If they can beat Nutter Wadding, they'll jump them um, on the ladder. But it's a, it's an eight point ball game as we'll get to a bit later. Yeah, it is. And let's drop down to Division Four. Well, JV, you talk about behind behind being a big factor in the last couple uh, this previous round. I beg your pardon. Well, Vermont Gold in fourth division on Friday night down at the Bear Cave. And from what Ryan and what I've heard as well, it, it can get cold and be tricky to travel down to Batherham Reserve. They only kick behind. Game, it? it was a night game, a Friday night game. Outstanding. Yeah, it's, which is great to see, which is great, it's great to, to see. And, to and fourth division and fourth division as well, nonetheless. It's, it's so great to see them getting that exposure. But Vermont only scored behind. Zero goals, 12, to be exact, to the Basins, four goals, three. Jesus, that, let's just put it this way. That's not a lot of behinds and, and not a lot of goals. Well, you know what? If I was the Vermont, if I was in Vermont's position, I'd go, you know what? It's just over two kicks in it, really. And the conditions were tough on a Friday night. You know, like, I mean, Probably the ground a bit damp and dewy, and there's a bit of fog everywhere. Uh, I was out at um, I was out at Northport on uh, Saturday night, and uh, the fog was definitely coming over the place in the with the with the brand new lights and everything. So I have no doubt in my mind that the conditions are similar at, at on uh, Friday night at that game. Uh, but um, yeah, look. It was a game that uh, probably could have been won, um, you know, honestly, with the with the twelve behinds. But 
yeah, what can you do? Sometimes conditions just um, have such an effect on the game that these things happen. Yeah, they do. And Patricia Boxhill starring again for the, the Basin Reserve side. Uh, four goals named in the best. Uh, best on for the Basin Green. Uh, Kate O'Neill's uh, her five games. And she's been named best a, a couple of times in there. Vermont Gold, their best on was Nicola Jungin Ginger. That's a hard name to pronounce, but great performance. And Ryan, yeah, Baroni Gold, it's just all about development. It was a bit of a struggle against South Croydon Red, an 88-point defeat. Uh, South Croydon would be very impressed with a massive, uh, massive third quarter, premiership quarter, 44 points to obviously just the nine. But yeah, just, they'll take a bit out of this, I reckon, Baroni Gold, but yeah, just it's been a bit of a struggle this year for them, which is which is unfortunate to see. It's an important one for South Croydon, especially with the Basin getting over Vermont in in probably what was um, a bit of an upset, considering Vermont had only lost the one game um, coming into the weekend. So it, it just keeps them ahead on percentage in in third place, um, and then uh, even you know shortens that gap um, in between them and Vermont, who are still second, who they play next week so puts them in 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 a good spot and um as we said yeah Brony, it's a, it is all about um the development of the girls and um getting more games into them and and getting uh you know ho- hopefully a um uh more improvement on their skills and 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 everything and enjoying their footy and that's um that's always been the the number one priority there yeah and that's what the number one priority will always be for for sides that are struggling and and for every side in general just to it and particularly women's side just to enjoy their footy because it's been you know a couple of years since we've had a full season hopefully we get one here so yeah it it's all about enjoying it and hopefully uh, i have a feeling some of those girls will be enjoying it and jv i'll i'll throw to you for the final match eastern devils black and sbl wolves teal the the eastern devils reserves getting up you again were watching this game what you make of it yeah, so I touched on it earlier. Um, a handful of double ups. Uh, Tuttleby was fantastic, um, and also we had um, yeah, we had the reigning Essendon uh, VFLW assistant coach Chloe Lan. Usually wears the number twenty nine, but this time she pulled on the number fifty seven. She was fantastic in defence. Hadn't lost it. Just it was just wonderful to see. Wonderful to call. But it was a very scrappy scrappy affair was calling the game as well we just decided to just have a bit of a broadcast have a bit of fun and uh you know we like the fake sponsor every now and then so i thought you know what we'll call because there were so many ball ups and if you're a ruck there's a good chance you have a basketball background so we'll call it the basketball background ball up we had way too many of those and i said basketball background way too many times because there's heaps of players at the Eastern Devils with a basketball background. There, I said it. I didn't think I'd get to say it or not, but here we are. Anyway, next week, looking on to um, the Division 4 game against uh, Baroni. Well, we'll probably expect more of the same, to be honest, for the Devs, but um, yeah, more on that later, I suppose, Josh. <laughs> yeah, a bit more on that a little later on. Uh, well, that covers all the results from the past weekend. Now, our special guest on this week's edition, as I said earlier, is East Ringwood women's coach Adrian Fitalani after the Roos became the first side to defeat Knox this season. Here he is. Joining us on Deakin University Female Footy Focus is East Ringwood senior women's coach Adrian Fitalani. 
after Knox, after his side defeated the previously undefeated Knox in Division 2 last weekend. Adrian, thanks for taking some time and joining us on Deakin Uni Female Footy Focus, mate. No worries, Josh. It's, as I say, it's great to get your club a bit of airtime and, and, and some exposure for your side and some acknowledgement for the work that, that the women have been putting in. So I'm glad to be talking to you. Yeah, and it's been a terrific last couple of weeks for you guys. You know, you've now won your last five matches. Last weekend was probably your most impressive victory of the season against, well, like I said, the previously undefeated Knox. What did you make of the match in general? Well, it was. Uh, we were probably lucky to get them on the day we did. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Josh. I mean, it was a, a, a quite a wet day, and um, and they're a very highly skilled side. Of course, Knox. If they've been proving all year that um, that they can uh, really move the ball well, so we're probably lucky to get them on a wet day. And and you're right. We have had some pretty encouraging results recently. So we we gave ourselves a chance, but probably surprised ourselves as well um, uh, about how um, we really did probably surprise ourselves in um, in being able to catch them, <laughs> really. I mean, they're, they're the, they are the benchmark. They've been that all year. Uh, and uh, whilst we, we went into it, giving ourselves a chance, we, um, yeah, well, I think we surprised ourselves a little as well. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it definitely came off as a bit of a surprise. We, you know, we oh, I definitely gave you guys a chance, given, you know, it's five wins in a row. But... What makes this win more impressive? Well, just looked at the team sheet as well. Knowing the Cole of Davidson, who's had a, a, an enormous impact for you guys this season, mm-hmm. does that make the win a bit more impressive? You know, I know it's it, there's plenty of star players across the side, but Davidson has had that much of an impact. It would have left a bit of a hole in your side, but must it, it make does that make the win even more impressive without probably your star player? Yeah, I mean Nicola's been a, a star for us all year, and you're and you're right. She's um she kicked a lot of goals, and she's a very important uh, and exciting uh, member of our midfield. Um, but we do have a lot of pathways to goal now, and that's been a really that's really been something we've been working on trying to develop. Is um uh, you know it, it doesn't take a lot of it don't it doesn't take a lot of goals to to win football games in in uh, women's footy, and especially you know, in the uh, in the in the at the community level, so if we can get one or two out of you know four or five players every week, then um, then you know you, you give yourself a much better chance. So yes, while Nicola's uh, absence was notable and and you know, you know had the potential to hold us back, we had every confidence that we've seen um, other players um, contribute on the scoreboard. You know, if you look at, if you look back at the games. Um, uh, past uh, those five games that you talk about in particular, you start to see different names in the goal-kicking list each week. Um, and I'll say that, you know, the, the, our good run of form has also coincided with the return of Stephanie McNamara, who uh, has been playing at full forward and, um, and has been a real a real focus, a real focal point for us there. Yeah, she, she has started to some form really well. 11 goals in, in five games so far this season. And, you know, have there been any players who, who, who stepped up on the day in the last couple of weeks too? Oh, look, without, um, I think our leadership group on the weekend particularly set the tone and, and really wanted the, really wanted the victory and really wanted to um, to, to give and help our, our new and de- uh, developing and less experienced players have the experience of, of playing in a big game and giving uh, having the confidence in themselves that they, that, that they could win it uh, and that they, that, that, it, that they really needed to do their jobs and they really needed to... Um, 
uh, you know, to to you know maintain the love and maintain the fun that we've that we've been having in our footy if they were going to do that. So I'll say that our leadership group not so much stepped up because they've been doing that all year, but they were really a key component in in getting us across the line, especially early in the game. And you know. The culture at the club, it must be a pretty good culture now. You know, the, the senior men's side, while well, we all expected them to do so well, but they're sitting second, the game behind the top of the table, Moorbach, uh, of course, yourselves, you're sitting second, the game and a half behind Knox. And, you know, you've won, as I'll keep on saying you've won your last five games now. It must be a pretty good culture down at, down at East Springwood Reserve. Well, we, we feel we're really building something that's worth being part of there. It's a, um, uh, and it is an attitude right across the club from the women's program through the men's program and the, the committee as well. Um, all of the things we're doing there are based on building a, a club culture that um, offers people, players and supporters something more than just a chance to have a kick of a footy on a Saturday. It's a real, you know, um, a real awareness that we have that especially coming out of COVID, a football club at community level can be something that offers people a social network and a, and a support network and a, and a chance to really um, be part of something that, that they were denied and probably took advantage, uh, not advantage, but um, took for granted a little bit before. So we've been very, very focused on that being very inclusive. Uh, the, the club trains, um, and this, I don't know how unique this is, but as an example, we, we train as a club all together on a Thursday night, the men and the women in um, reserves and under 19s all train together as a club for uh, 35 or 40 minutes before we split up and, and do our own thing. Um, and it's that sort of stuff, the social, all of our social events are uh, um, uh, held together, all of, uh, and the net, with the netball club as well. So we're really trying to, to get to galvanise as a unit and, and, and develop a club culture that, um, that <laughs> you know, offers a little bit more, just offers offers something unique um, that only community football can give you, uh, something bigger. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I always love a yeah, local footy club culture and that's the personification of a local footy club, you know. It's, yeah, training, on the, training on the same night on Thursday night, it, it's sort of become regular, but it's great to see you guys sticking, to, sticking together for like the first half an hour and training with all, with all pretty much the men's side. And, you know, now... The finals is all but locked up for you guys. You Heathmont who are in fifth, they're, they're five games behind you. What's the what's the goal for the rest of the season? Do you hope to? It might be a bit more of a, a struggle to you know get that top spot due to Knox's hot start. But yeah. do you reckon? Do you what do you hope to take out of this last month of the home and away season? Well, we just we honestly just. Quite honestly, just hope to continue having the kind of experience that we've been having. We we didn't have players, we didn't have a side February, and um, we've we've been able to build and um, and and grow our squad throughout the course of the year, and develop those other things. That feeling amongst us, the um, the the understanding, especially in in people that are less experienced at local footy, in, you know, in community footy, to understand that what, what it can offer you more than just a kick around, right? So mm-hmm. we're just trying to maintain that throughout the rest of the year and finals will be a big part of that. You know, the, the excitement that comes around uh, a local footy club when the sun comes out in September and everyone's running around and, you know, the, the sun's in the sky and there's a little bit of warmth in the air, that excitement is what we're going to feel next and, and it's it's really that experience that we're, that, that we're really interested in in having the wins will come the losses will come 
whatever comes, we, we, we want to have that experience, something we, you know, that's, um, that we won't forget. Yeah, the finals is definitely something you won't forget. And it is exciting. To, it is exciting times ahead, of course. The finals venues have been confirmed out at Sylvan and Conbury. So two pretty decent venues for you to potentially play on. And this week as well, you've got another massive clash, this time away against the Surrey Park side, who, who you defeated a couple of weeks ago out at Surrey Park too. What's the mentality heading into this match for you guys? Well, it is a, it's a tough run home for us. We, we've still to play with Surrey Park. We play Knox again, uh, and we mm-hmm. play Kilsyth as well. So, um, you know, all the, all the current top four sides, that's right, um, yeah. in, in the last uh, few rounds with Montrose thrown in. So, look, um, the, the mentality is to, to try and keep ourselves up. Like, it's a, uh, it's a, a long season when you're, when, you, um, uh, when, you're, when you're building like we have. And we've you know, been going since mm-hmm. November last year, trying to get the thing, going, trying to get a fan under this thing. So the mentality will be uh, just to, uh, yeah, to prepare ourselves well for finals and that, and that excitement that's ahead of us by learning the things that we can from uh, some pretty tough opposition that we will encounter. Um, and the, the odds are we're going to play Knox another two times before the, um, before the, the, the season's done. Um, or it might be we play Surrey Park two times more. So um, we, you know, we um, we need to learn from those games, and that'll be the attitude. Definitely, definitely, we'll be learning a lot out of those games. You've already faced, you know, both Knox and Surrey Park twice already. It will be you would have learned a bit about them, but no better time to learn than the presence. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for for the chat and talking all things East East Ringwood in general, and particularly the the women's side. Good luck for the rest of the season as well, and you know, getting in a bit early here, but good luck for finals as well. Thank you very much. Great to chat with East Ringwood coach Adrian Fitalani, and once more, great to hear that it's such a magnificent culture down at the Roos, which, well, it's fair enough that given that, you know, both the senior men's side and women's sides are flying high at the moment, a big clash for, well, for the senior men's side coming up this weekend, and an equally big clash for the senior women's side coming up this weekend, which we'll touch on shortly, but now we'll, we will have a look at all the fixtures coming up in Premier Division first up in Premier A, we've got the two matches once more. SBL Wolves and Mount Evelyn meet for the third time this year at Bel- second time at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve. The Wolves are a bit improved and they'll be looking to, you know, make it a closer margin than the two previous meetings. Uh, it could be a very interesting clash and a bit of a trip up the mountain once more for Mount Evelyn and Eastern Devils, Vermont. This is a massive clash for your Devils, JV, out at Mulgrave Reserve. Essentially against who we thought, Ryan, were the second seed. I still think they're the second seed of Premier A. That will kick off at 12.30. JV, you'll also be covering that game, and I'm sure that's the one you'll be keeping the closest eye on into Premier B, the Basin and South Croydon, the crossover match this weekend. Basin looking to take it up once more to another Premier A side, South Croydon, just looking to potentially flex their muscles once more. Baronia and Domval at Tormor Reserve. That is the match of the round. The second time they're meeting in two weeks, a different venue, as we touched on, I think, earlier in the podcast. Uh, and then Furniture Gully and Whitehorse Pioneers, second time they face each other in the last two weeks. And at a different venue, too, at Wally 2 Reserve. All Premier B matches will kick off at 22-11. JV, I'm going to go to you first. Pump up your tyres for the Eastern Devils and Vermont game, but is there any other match in, in Premier A or Premier B that you could 
be potentially keeping a close eye on. I think maybe uh, Fentry Gully and the Whitehorse Pioneers, mate. They're, the interesting thing about uh, Whitehorse is they do have a handful of, that's right, you guessed it, ex-Devils playing. So, yeah, uh, to be honest, they're probably my second probably my second team, to be honest. I mean, there's <laughs> there's quite a, quite a few to keep your eye on, I suppose. Um, no, nah, but I reckon, yeah, it's probably that one. Otherwise, um, yeah, um, yeah, looking further down, there's plenty uh, of games to look forward to as well, which I'm sure you'll mention. So, yeah. Ryan? Um, yeah, I, I definitely think the Eastern Devils game against Vermont's um, one to really keep an eye on, hopefully for... For Vermont's sake, they can bounce back um, and perform perform well because um, they've been beaten, I think, quite handily um, against the Devils um, uh, the two times that they've met so far. Or the one time, I'm not sure. Was it two times, John? Have they played played I each other twice? They have. I think they've had an away day. Uh, I'm not sure. But, I think uh, it's twice, yeah. They've played each other yeah. twice. Yeah. The first, the first game, um, the Devs obviously kick, kicked off the season uh, against Vermont. And uh, we had because I was um, I was I was there that game. We had um, uh, the Monash Demons come down uh, for the day. They're a, f- uh, a fighter club, a bunch of legends, uh, especially um, one of uh, their great people, Sean Ducks. Uh, the two teams played. Given it was the first game ever uh, for the Devils in the EFNL, Sean Ducks likes both. Uh, loves both sides, uh, so they played for the Sean Ducks Cup. Uh, one of the cult heroes of the um the melbourne football club cheer squad and uh that was a fantastic day so yeah i'll tell you what this is um probably a bit of a rivalry brewing i suppose between the devils and vermont i reckon yeah that's uh yeah that's definitely a big game in the scheme of things obviously with the devils three games uh clear on top yeah, yeah three well a win will further cement their uh, position, I suppose. Yeah, it would. I reckon it would all but lock up top spot for them. Uh, for me, Baronia Donval match of the round. That's a pretty interesting match. We get to see Donval second to, oh, I think second or third time this year. I'm not too yeah, sure. Second time, Josh, yeah. I think. Yeah, and Baronia, yeah, saw them earlier in the year. I was really impressed by them. Baronia, the first time we'll be seeing them. Ryan, I'm sure you're going to try your hardest to get onto that game. If you don't, well, we bo- we'll both be having words with our beloved media manager. No, <laughs> well, I'll definitely, will... I'll, I'll definitely go down to watch either way. Um, Yeah, yeah excited to see how they go. It's a, I haven't, I watched them a couple times last year, but um, uh, hopefully, yeah, uh, hopefully a pretty close game, and and I think I think I definitely think they can really push John Bell. All right, well, despite the margin from last week, yeah, I think they definitely can. They got the talent led by, well, Megan McKer- McKernan, and I think that it'll be an interesting matchup out there onto First Division Turnside Park with the bye after their good victory over Ringwood. Speaking of Ringwood, they'll face off against. Beaconsfield at, well, hopefully not the wreck that is Home Park Reserve. Uh, it's a very interesting ma- it's a very interesting matchup and chance for Beaconsfield to uh, push a bit further ahead on the in fourth spot from Churnside Park, Blackburn and Roville, bottom versus top at Morden Park. Uh, I I I got a I'm sort of quoting Star Wars here. I, I've got a bad feeling about this. I've got, I've got a bad bit. 
this this could be uh this this could get ugly and the final match a twilight match at Quamby reserve between our two local rivals north ringwood and park orchards uh second versus third on the table too which is going to be an absolute ripper that will be also after the north ringwood men and blackburn men play each other at, in premier Divi premier division so Bit of an interesting matchup, a very interesting matchup at that. Out of Quamby Reserve, uh, the the Saints and the Sharks are my game to keep a close eye on. Second versus third, JV. Uh, I'm assuming you'll be similar. Pick the second versus third match, or any other match that sticks out to you. I mean, yeah. At this stage in the season, it, it always gives a bit of excitement, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. It's um, yeah, it's going to be a great game for sure. Ryan? Yeah, 100%. And I think you know, I've always always talked up North Ringwood um, this season. And they're four, they've won four of their last five um, coming off the bye as well. So I, I think they'll be um, really willing to, to put it up to Park Orchards. And if they can just pinch a win against them or Roeville before the end of the year, will give them a bit of confidence going into a, a final series. Oh, give them massive confidence. Yeah, knowing that, you know, that their best footy can defeat a top side like Roval and Park Orchard's a good opportunity for them to get the win here. I think they they might play Roval one more time. Uh, oh, no, they don't play Roval again this season as well. They, they already faced them out at Seabeck a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, big chances for them to pick up a scalp against top a top side and, you know, push just, uh, uh, well, one game behind their, their local rivals. And I'm sure it'll be a fierce one. On to second division. We've got Thursday night footy once more. Knox versus Montrose. They did Thursday night earlier in the season at Montrose Recreation Reserve. They're doing it this time at Knox Garden Reserve. 6.30pm, it'll kick off. So if you're around the Knox area, and what, or Knox Field area, like our guy Ryan is, and you want to freeze your butt off on a Thursday night, uh, get on down to Knox Gardens Reserve and, and cheer on the either the Knox girls or the Montrose girls. Selection night and... And meals night, of course, will be happening there for the Knox men's. They'll get to see the women's side, I reckon, for the first time this season. And I'm sure they'll get around them. The two other matches, they'll be at Saturday at 10.40. Kilsyth versus Heathmont. Hill Heathmont, they're the, uh, a couple of games behind Kilsyth, two games. And if they want to keep that finals flame flickering, they need to pick up a win here. They defeated them a couple of weeks ago. So I wouldn't put it past them to defeat the Cougars. And, well, I'm going to pump up this game big time, Ryan and JV, because this is another massive clash. Second versus third. Surrey Park versus East Ringwood at the Panther Pit as well. It, it, East Ringwood defeated them last time out at Surrey Park too. Surrey Park defeated them earlier in the se season. Uh at, well, at East Ringwood Reserve, it's going to be a very close one, I reckon, between these two sides that are close on the table. East Ringwood will be brimming with confidence, though, after that magnificent victory over Knox. And I think, yeah, they'll, you know, it, it, it's going to be a very interesting match still between the Panthers and the Kangaroos. Ryan, to you, is it the, what match catches your eye in Division 2? Um, well... 
looking at Killsyth Heathmont, it's interesting just for the fact that Heathmont, it's their last chance of really having any shot at finals, um, have to beat Killsyth and then have to pinch maybe one or two more wins. So it's a, it's a must win game there, but I think you've got them. I think you're on the money with the, the Surrey Park East Ringwood game. Um, second versus third. Although in saying that, Surrey Park, I think would probably need to um, really put in, uh, really step it up a, a gear or two because East Ringwood are in incredible form at the moment. And if they have a full list, um, they'll be very hard to beat. But as you said, they they did knock them off earlier in the year. So um, it, it should be an interesting game, but uh, a, a three goal 18 or whatever they kicked um, on the weekend would, would have to uh, change dramatically. Uh, you would think to... Um, if there are any chance of being the ruse. And if Hashtag Nicole... save the dribble. <laughs> and if Nicola Davidson did come back for East Ringwood as well, that would be a massive inclusion. Not too sure. I didn't I've got to ask Adrian when if she would be back sometime soon, but yeah, it would be a massive inclusion. Make it even harder, J V. Yeah, exactly. Um any inclusion's a good one, especially going going down the ranks. You get an you get an uh, experienced head in. Everything changes. Everything changes. Yeah, and I think it's great to see Thursday night footy as well. Knox versus Montrose. That will surely draw. I'm hoping that draws a, a bit of a crowd at that as well. So, yeah, it's going to uh, will be hopefully an interesting match. It was close last time, but, yeah, Montrose have been on a bit of a downhill slope. Knox have, have improved quite a fair. Well, they're coming off a loss, and oh, I wonder how angry they'll be. The Falcons on to third division. Fair Park, they have the bye this week. Uh, East Burwood, Moorbark, second versus bottom. Moorbark, uh, I think East Burwood might have comfortably defeated them last time around at Heights Reserve. Yeah, they won by 130 points in round four. They'll be looking for a similar performance, but also Moorbark will be looking to continue that improvement. Bit of a, a very interesting one. Quote North Emlock Coldstream. Now, if it was the senior men's a couple of years ago, this would have been Coldstream heading in this fa- red hot favourites and potentially going for a, a thumping victory. But it's Coldstream, uh, not big, big, but not Coldstream. Coin North Emlock who will go in as favourites and you know be looking to thump the thump the Cougars. And I think they might have also done that earlier in the year as well. So a very interesting match up and they'll be looking to just continue on their winning streak. They won by 41 points earlier in the season, the Corner North at Coldstream Reserve, so different prospect playing at Juice Park as well and, well, a massive local derby as well too between Nutter Wadding and Mitcham uh, out of Kudung Reserve. Mitcham win, they leapfrog Nutter Wadding into the top four. Nutter Wadding win, they nearly, I'd say, shore up a top four spot. JV, I'm assuming the Nutterwadding Mitchum game is the one you're you'd be keeping a close eye on in third division. Oh, I reckon I'm probably with you in uh, probably saying that I reckon the previous game that you mentioned is the one to look at uh, personally, especially looking at the scoreboard from last week uh, in Croydon North Enlock's game, but. Uh, yeah, look, um, hopefully conditions are more favourable this weekend when you're playing at 20 to 11 on a Saturday morning. Um, although it doesn't really look like it, to be honest. It does seem that 
a lot of uh, rain is 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 on the way. I mean, who knows? It's Melbourne weather. It could be incredibly fluid. And as I can see, Josh Ward, you got your arms outstretched. It's Melbourne. Nobody it's, has any idea. Melbourne. Never know. Melbourne never know. at its finest. You never know, Melbourne. You could have four seasons in one day and four seasons in one hour, Ethan. Uh, Ryan, your match to watch. Yeah, definitely Nutterwadding, Mitchum. Um, last chance for Mitchum to probably make finals. You'd think that would be too much of a gap if uh, Nutterwadding um, jump him. And it's a it's a really big eight-point uh, eight point game. So um, it should be a good one to watch and be definitely checking the scores on Saturday to see who gets up. Yeah, it's going to be – I reckon it's going to be probably closer than the last time they met. It was 43-18. And what was the match of the round? Uh, not too sure. might have been round five or, or something – or round four or something along those lines. It's going to be an absolute ripper. And yeah, like I said, it's a local derby, just a simple trip up the Springfield road. I'd say even for, for Mitchum, just up Mitchum road and Springfield road to get to, get to Kroon Hong Reserve. So yeah, I'm very excited for that. On to fourth division, we've got an early kickoff for the SBL Wolves Teal and the Basin Green at Belgrave South Recreation Reserve at 8.50 South Croydon Red and Vermont Gold at Chong Park, and uh, could we could we call this the Long Ven Cup between the Eastern Devils Black and Baronia Gold? I know the Eastern Devils and Baronia face each other, I think, the week after in Premier Division, but the first of the two Ven Long Cups. Uh, JV, I'm assuming you're going to be down there watching the Eastern Devils Reserves face the Baronia Reserves and potentially maybe getting a, a nice percentage booster. Yeah, look, unfortunately, I'm unable to make it to actually any games uh, this week. Uh, it was almost as if, I mean, I'd be keeping an eye on the score, make no mistake about it. But I tell you what, I'd loved, I would have loved to absolutely get down to this uh, game at Mulgrave Reserve. It will be a massive percentage booster for the Eastern Devils. Uh, I would really hope, because, you know what, putting on my Devils hat, in fact, putting on my devil's hoodie, as you boys can see. <laughs> I'm tipping Kelsey Reed to kick 10 goals. Oh, dear God. This I'm is sure a joke. That... I reckon, I really hope the <laughs> right. wonderful individual sa- saved as legend who wears 50 in my phone. 10 goals. Let's do it. Uh, Ryan, uh, I see you got a cheeky grin on your face. Uh, which match for you is the one to keep a close eye on? I reckon South Croydon Red and Vermont Gold is my one, but what do you reckon? Is your one to watch? I, I think you're right. I think South Croydon and Vermont, um, especially with uh, the Eagles going uh, 0 12, 0 goals 12 last weekend um, on the Friday night, you'd expect them to probably kick a bit straighter and, and make that a really interesting game. But um, also the Wolves in the Basin, Basin um, uh, improving last week. And that it's a massive difference when you have um, Boxell in the side. We saw her play in a senior game early in the year and she kicked mm-hmm. still three or four in. in um, against Fentry Gully. So she's a, she's a big sco- uh, goal scorer and she's already, I think she's leading the, um, the, the goal kicking division for um, one just, to watch. So yeah, looking forward to it. And that's just from four games too, I believe uh, four or five games. I think she's kicked 14 goals. She's been remarkable when she's been in the reserves, in the reserve side. So uh, it's a bit of an interesting matchup. SBL Wolves Teal has have improved as the season go- has gone on. It's the first side 
the South Belgrave Listerfield Wolves have had a reserve side uh, base and comfortably won last time these two met at Batterham by 87 points. But I'm sure, given recent form, it'll be a lot closer. Well, that does us for this edition of Female Footy Focus. JV, a great debut. Thank you for jumping on, and uh, we're definitely going to get you back on in future weeks. Yeah, no, looking forward to it. I mean, it was uh, a, a bit of a hectic day. It doesn't matter when you listen to this. It's a Tuesday night at the moment when we're doing this. It's been an absolute crazy day. Um, but uh, you know what, boys? It's been absolutely fantastic. Big weekend of footy ahead. Everybody go out and enjoy it. It, it will be something to uh, definitely something to remember, and especially those rocking up on a Thursday and Friday night. Got to get there, enjoy, knock back a few uh, soft drinks or whatever you fancy. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a great weekend of footy, boys. Definitely will be, and the female EFL women's competition. Ryan, like I said off the top, always a pleasure to talk all things EFL women's with you. Yes, thank you, Josh. Uh, yeah, as, as uh, JV just said, uh, very exciting weekend, um, some really interesting games. And I think uh, this time next week, we'll probably know a little bit more about who's going to play finals and, and who's probably going to miss out. So looking forward to it. Don't forget to subscribe to the FNL Podcast Presents page on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well if you want to keep up to date to the latest episodes of this podcast, plus others on that page, such as the Monday Recovery and the Weekend Forecast. For now, though, thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Female Football Podcast.